All right, Highridge fam, today to celebrate Independence Day, we thought we'd bring somebody from England to the platform. So please stand to your feet and help me welcome James Williams. Come on, somebody. All right. Thank you, thank you. You, uh, you may be seated. I, um, Pastor Tim kind of took my joke there. Because um, after a few minutes, you're going to realize I'm not from here, right? Uh, I'm from Kilgore, just down, uh, just down 31 real quick, you'll, 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 you'll not miss it. But uh, I just want to welcome you this morning, thank you for being here, I want to thank everybody who's watching online, can you guys give them a round of applause, welcome them in, we want to, want to say welcome, all those viewers that are watching at home and, and are joining us this morning from all around the world, you got some Brits joining you this morning, uh, so let me just start off by saying happy birthday. You know, from the Great Britain, happy birthday. Um, 200 and something odd years ago, um, I've moved on. And I'm here to say happy birthday. Happy 4th of July, if nobody's told you yet today. I want to welcome you in this morning. Um, just want to thank uh, and honor Pastor Tim. He's not here right now. Uh, I am not Pastor Tim. <laughs> this is not... You are not, uh, this is not an illusion. Um, I am not him. I just want to thank him and honor him and thank uh, him and Pastor Tina, uh, Pastor Tina for, for the opportunity to be here. This isn't, a, this isn't something I take lightly. Uh, last week you had uh, Pastor Zach Greider from Fort Worth. The next few weeks you've got pastors, you've got former pastors, you've got elders. Uh, but today you have me, all right? And I'm, I'm just one of you, all right? I'm just one of you because I, just, I sit in those seats every week and I listen and I worship and I'm a part of the church. I serve here at the church. My wife uh, leads the kids ministry here uh, for High Ridge Kids. Uh, so if, you're, if your kids are ever in that building, then if you've ever been in that building, you've probably seen her running around trying to deal with a bunch of kids. Um, but I'm just one of you. I'm just, I'm just a regular old church person. Um, so just an honor to be here today. The real pastors will be here the next few weeks, all right, but I'm, uh, I'm going to be here today, and just, we all know that the health of any church starts at the top, right? Yeah. Has to start at the top, um, and we know that Pastor Tim um, and Tina, they, they influence the staff, and then that ultimately comes down to us as the church, as this community of believers, um, and it's such an honor, like, you know, people go to church conferences, they travel, they go all over the world to, to experience uh, a worship team that we have, and a, and a preacher that we have, right? And we get it every single week. So I'm not gonna lose this and miss this opportunity to thank Pastor Chris uh, and Julie for the way they lead us every week. Like, this isn't, this isn't normal, guys. What we experience every week, like, you go try another church down the street. You're not gonna get what you get here, all right? Like, this is a big deal, and, and I just love Pastor Tim uh, and the way he leads the church. And I never wanna take that for granted. Never want to, want to miss that, miss that opportunity to honor him. He's, he's the best. Never been anywhere that I've been more excited to be a part of uh, when it comes to a church. Um, and that's, that's a big deal. So today, we're going we're gonna to talk about something. You guys ready? <laughs> All right, so today I've titled my message, Pardon the Interruption, because I'm going to interrupt your life just for a few minutes, if that's okay. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah. yeah, I can interrupt you. Is everybody okay with getting interrupted? Do we always feel okay with that? No. I know um, a few years ago, well, it's, not, it's been a few years, my wife used to be a part of this women's group called Monday Night Coffee, right? 
Some of you husbands in here know all about that. It was a group of ladies that got together on a Monday night and they drank coffee and they shut that coffee shop down, <laughs> right? And then they spent three hours in the driveway talking to each other, <laughs> right? It's like, it's, it's 1, 2 a.m. before they come strolling into the house, all caffeined up, all gossiped out. Ooh, should I say that? I don't know. But those Monday nights were kind of precious to me because you know, I parent with my wife for the most part throughout the week. But I knew Monday nights was like, Monday nights, it's daddy's night, right? <laughs> so Hannah was gone. She's barely out the driveway, okay? And it's all right, bedtime, <laughs> right? Like it, I think it happens in every house, right? She's not even, she's not even at the coffee shop yet. And it's bedtime, and it's 4.30 in the afternoon, but it's bedtime. And I, um, and, and the kids were little. We had our three, three oldest at the time, uh, so they, they couldn't tell the time. <laughs> it was no big deal. They didn't know what a clock was, and I just, you know, I turned off all the electronics that had a clock on it, and then they couldn't tell the time on an actual hand clock, so it was all good. So we, um, so I, you know, it's bedtime, Monday night to my night. I just, I know it. I got snacks, I got drinks, I got the TV, I got the remote. The couch is comfortable, I'm ready to go. Kids are in bed. I don't care what time it is. Monday night's on my night. Like, no one's messing with my Monday night. I'm sat down, I'm on the couch, kids are in bed. And then I hear this cry from the bedroom. And it's Jack. He's, he's our, he was our youngest at the time. He was probably two or three, 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 four, three years old. And he's right here this morning. So, but um, he was—he he was crying, or something was going on in his room. He wasn't feeling good, or he had a nightmare. So I went in, dealt with it, you know, like like a good father. Walked into the room, said, "Let's pray, son. <laughs> Let's pray about the situation we got going on." So we deal with it. And we go. And it's, it's and then I go back, sit down. I get comfortable again. Start eating Cheetos and Coke, whatever it is. And then I hear another one to cry, and it's him, he's got a, another problem, back and forth for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, Jack, this isn't what I had planned for the night. <laughs> this is not how I wanted my night to go. Mom's out, you're in bed, I got the house to myself, and now I'm snuggling you in bed. <laughs> this is Monday night, this is my night. So I end up snuggling Jack, he falls asleep, I fall asleep. Next thing I know, Hannah's coming in. It's 2 a.m. <laughs> this is how coffee nights go. And, you know, I've, just, I've lost my Monday night, right? I've just, it's gone. Another week. I've got to wait another week. I've got to wait another seven days to get, my, get me some James time. <laughs> I just hate it when I get interrupted. We, just, we hate it when we get interrupted, right? We hate it when, when we've got this plan, we've got something going, we're ready to go, we're ready to go, and then all of a sudden, boom, something comes along and knocks us off track. And I think sometimes we do this with God. We have a plan for our lives. Like, like we all have plans, right? You can either you can be honest with me or you lie to me. I know what, uh, you, know. you all have plans for your life. We all have this idea of what we think our life should look like. But God comes along, he's like, <laughs> I don't think so. Let's, uh, you're going this way, but let's go this way. You wanna do that? Let's actually do this. And I think that we, we just blame God for ruining our lives sometimes and interrupting our lives, right? Because we got, I got this plan, Jesus. Like, I'm gonna do this, this, and this. If you could just hang out over here for a little while, let me get this done, then, you know, maybe we'll figure something out later. But right now, this is where I'm good. 
I think we view God that way. We just, we just stroll on along, and all of a sudden he interrupts us, and we're not ready. We're not willing to, we're not willing to negotiate. We're not willing to change. We're not willing to do something different. I put it like this. I said, don't love your life so much that you miss where Jesus is leading you. Don't be consumed, so consumed with what, what you think's going on or what you think should happen that when Jesus calls your name, you're completely oblivious. You're in here on a Sunday morning praising Jesus, saying, yes, use me, send me, do whatever you need. And then Monday morning, we're like this. <laughs> right? Like, I'm okay if you, if you use me here or here, but don't interrupt my schedule. Don't love your life so much that you miss it. I want us to look at a scripture today. It's gonna to be in Matthew 4. Uh, it's, gonna, it's the basis of what I wanna, kind of wanna talk about this morning. Matthew 4, 18 through 22. And this is, uh, this is Jesus calling his first disciples. Um, so let's read it. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity to be here. We thank you that your word is everything we need when we're looking at our lives and how to live and what to do and where to go. We thank you for the authority of your word and the power it has over our lives. Pray that these next few moments we will listen to what we hear and we'll apply something into our lives that we can leave different than the way we came in here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so, so this passage talks about how the disciples are ready, they're fishing, they've just caught the biggest catch that they've ever had, right? And, and then Jesus walks by and asks them to, to stop, essentially stop what they're doing, right? Um, so I have a different idea of if, if I was in that boat, it, it would go a little differently, right? Jesus walks by, I'm in there, I'm fishing, you know, Pastor Mark, is this how you, is this how you fish? But I don't they probably didn't have uh, rods back then. They just tossed in big nets. But they're fishing. They're just going about their business. Right? They're fishermen. That's what they do, going about their business. All of a sudden, this guy, this guy they've probably seen around town, the carpenter's son, you know, he's the Jesus guy. He's done a couple things around town. We don't really know him very well. Just don't make eye contact, and he'll keep walking. He'll find someone else in the lake, right? <laughs> like you're in, you know when you're walking through a store, and you see someone you know, and you're like, I really want to talk to him, but so you just tell, you tell your friend or whoever you would, just don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact, just keep walking, they'll find somebody else. And I, I feel like that, that would be me in the boat. Like some guy starts shouting at me from across the lake, I'm not going to engage in that conversation <laughs> because he's doing something I probably don't want to be a part of, right? He's walking across the lake, he's saying, hey, hey drop, drop your nets and I'll make you fishers of men. I don't know what that means. Like, I'm just a fisherman. I go out to work every day. I catch fish. Catching people isn't really part of my job description. So catch it, fishing for men, I don't know what that means. Like, we're good right here. We just got this catch. We're gonna go sell this. We're gonna go sell the, the, the fish we've got. We're gonna make a profit. 
we'll, we'll, we'll turn some of this fish into filet of fish from McDonald's. You know, we'll have a good weekend. <laughs> we're good. Like, Jesus, we're good. Like, we're good right here. I got my thing. I got my fish. got my boat. I know what I'm doing here. Don't, don't ask me to do anything else. I'm just, I'm good. Like, we don't even know you, crazy man, <laughs> shouting across to me from the lake. I don't know you. Keep walking. I feel like that's how I would react. I don't know if any of you would react that way. I, uh, I'm not. Uh, that's just the way I would react. We're going to make a profit from this fish. We're going to get on with our lives. We're going to be comfortable. We're going to do what we're doing. And I think sometimes when Jesus calls us, we make all the excuses why we shouldn't do something for him. Right? Like, I'm going about my life. God asked me to do something. Oh, but, I've, but I've got this. I've got this, got this commitment. Uh, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Uh, that makes me feel awkward. Don't want to talk to those kind of people. Don't want to go to that kind of place. We've got all these excuses. And then I found a quote from Benjamin Franklin on this 4th of July. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin said, he that is good at making excuses is seldom good for anything else. May that never be said of my life. If anyone comes calling, may I never make an excuse. But if Jesus comes calling asking me to do something, may nobody say he made excuses. He was good at excuses. I don't think any of us wants, anyone wants that part of our lives. That's not what we want engraved on our, our tombstone. <laughs> good excuses, not good much else. It's not the story our lives want to be. But we also, we have to recognize that, that what Jesus was asking them to do was no small thing, right? Like they were fishermen, they were comfortable with that, they knew what they were doing. He was essentially asking them to drop everything they knew to come follow him. Like that's not a small, that, like if someone walked up to you tomorrow and said, I need you to quit your job and just follow me around, <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure I'm getting zero on that, um, on that interaction, right? Like, you know, if, if I come to your job in the morning and I'm like, hey, I just need you to stop what you're doing, I know it's the only way you make money. I know it's how you support your family. I know it's how you, 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 the only way you know what's familiar. But uh, I just need you to kind of forget that, drop those nets, and just follow me around for the next three years. <laughs> Any takers? <laughs> I don't think so. My life is not that exciting. You're not going to want to do that. Right? But it's not a small thing. It's a big deal, what, they, what he, was, he was asking them to do. So I want us to look at a couple of those real quick. The first one is he was asking them to give up or to drop the net of financial security and comfort. Like we've said, fin uh, fishing was all they knew. Passed down through generations, probably, would be my guess. That's what their father did, their father did, and it's, it's all they were gonna pass on. It's all they knew. Once you got a trade, that, that was it back then, right? You, if, you knew what to do, if you knew how to do something, that was it. You were doing that for the next, the rest of your life. That was their only means of bringing money in and income it was the only, the only uh, opportunity to, to have some type of comfort in life. Was they knew what they were doing. These guys weren't called out to be preachers or to share the gospel or to be communicators or businessmen. They were just basic fishermen that were called to do something completely different. The second one is they, uh, they gave up the net or they gave up the idea of control for their lives. Like now, that Je if they said yes to Jesus... They were no longer in control. Like his, their, his schedule was their schedule. What he was asking them to do was what they were gonna do. They had no control of their lives any longer. 
Jesus is now in control of their lives. They no longer had control. How many of us can say, we like to have control? I mean, everyone needs to put your hand up right now. <laughs> everyone online needs to be like, raising the roof, or whatever this emoji is. I don't even know what that one is. Like, I use it, but I don't even know what it is. Like, we all want control. Whether you are a control freak, or you're just someone who likes control. You're a control freak, all right? People like to control what they're doing. They need to know where they're going, what they're doing, where they're at, what's happening next. If you said yes to Jesus, throw that out the window. Because he's not usually in the business of telling you everything up front. I think that's kind of a theme that runs through this, right? And a theme that runs through our lives. Jesus is never, here's the whole story. Now, do you want to come with me or not? He's just like, yes or no right off the bat. We'll figure the story out later. The third one is familiarity. That's a tough word for me to say as an Englishman. I don't know why. I just, I really struggle. Like this week, I, I struggle is a tough word too, but this week, <laughs> this week, right? This was the word I felt like I was supposed to, it was one of my points. So I'm like, I don't know how to get around it, right? So I show Hannah, I say, say this word. <laughs> and uh, she says it, and I'm like, yeah, I can't say that. Um, so we literally like got down and broke it down, the whole word, familiarity. And that's it, all right? And no, don't, it's, it's, it's more embarrassing if you appreciate the fact that I can't speak. So, um, but I, we did, we got down, we broke it down. So familiarity, you know, they, were, they, were, they would be completely out of their depth if they said yes to Jesus. And nothing about their lives would be familiar anymore. The boats have gone, the fish have gone. Right, like they're, they're gonna be going and speaking at, at things and, and, and performing miracles. Like this wasn't a part of what they thought they were gonna do with their lives. Completely unfamiliar to them. So my question is what would you be, sorry, what would you be willing to give up? What would you be willing to give up the net so tightly hold? Sorry, I am not having a good day. Would you be willing to give up the nets that we so tightly hold if Jesus came calling? So if, if you hold on to financial security like it's the last thing you've got, if Jesus came looking at you tomorrow, what would you say if he told you to give that up? If you're super familiar and comfortable in the life that you live and Jesus came calling, would you be able to give that up? Can you truly give up control of your life if Jesus came calling? That's a, it's, I'm, I'm not saying I have all this together. You know, I'm not, not up here saying I do all these things and I exceed. Like, I don't. <laughs> but it's a challenge to me and it's a challenge to you this morning. So I remember when uh, Jesus came calling, he came knocking on our door uh, to, to step out into something super unfamiliar and super uncomfortable you know, Hannah and I, we'd been married, you know, we, and we, when we were talking, we talked, were dating early in marriage, you know, you're gonna, you spend the first two years of marriage just getting to know each other, you know, that's just kind of what you do, right? Like, we're not gonna have kids for a couple of years because we just wanna get to know each other. Um, so we did that, <laughs> like, we got to know each other, right? And um, so then we're like, okay, well, I guess it's time, like, you know, Hannah's part of a big family, like, she's one of six kids, like, this is a high expectation for us to 
start popping out babies, right? <laughs> and um, and I, I grew up with just one sister, but kind of always wanted a few extra siblings, wanted a kind of a bigger family. Um, so like we were like, all right, we've, we've done our two years of you know getting to know each other. Like let's let's start a family. So we we start start working on that. Um, and like a year goes by, and we're like, that's okay, you know, this is like this happens, right? Like it's always happened the first time, and that one year turns to two to three, and then we're, we're at year seven, right? We're at year seven, and it's like, <laughs> all right, well, this definitely wasn't the life we had planned. Um, <laughs> Uh, we need to talk, Jesus. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got a problem because this wasn't the way we envisioned our life going. Like, by this point, Hannah's siblings and friends were like popping out babies all the time and we're just kind of coasting along, just the two of us and going to all these family things and friends things of all these children. I mean, I'm mean, going be honest. Like, we weren't responsible for any of these children we were dealing with, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But we were just like, when, 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 is, when is something gonna change? right? This isn't what we had planned. This isn't what we saw our life. Didn't see our life going this way. And um, so we eventually got to the point where we're like, all right, well, if, 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 if we're not, if this isn't working out the way we thought it would, there has to be another way. Like, there's always another way, right? So God decided to, uh, to build our family in a different way. So we went through foster care, we went through the adoption system, and now we have five children, uh, so we went from, yeah, a few of them are right here. The quieter ones are in this morning. So uh, some of you know our other two, especially, especially one of them. So you probably heard him screaming throughout town. So, but, uh, we, went from, so we went from zero kids to three kids overnight. So I don't know how many of you have done that, but um, we can talk about it. We'll have, a, we'll have a, a small group about it sometime later on, and we'll just talk about how we went from, from zero children to three overnight, and then our lives completely changed. Um, and then over the next couple of years, we added two more. So we had like five kids in four years um, through, the, for, through adoption, and it's, it's, it's been great, and it's an incredible story, and it's a whole other story, right? I don't even have time for it. So many things to talk about in that journey that we took ourselves on and, and God took us on. Um, but I think often God interrupts us with something that we weren't, we weren't always necessarily wanting, that we weren't even looking for maybe, um, something completely different that kind of n- knocks us out <laughs> in a sense, that, that this is what we thought it was gonna look like but God just, you know, is over there in the corner, kind of sniggering away, like, yeah, they'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> that it's not always going to go that way. And I think that's, that's the point, right? It's, it's when, when God asks us to do something different, I think that's the point. And perhaps what we would consider an interruption to our lives is actually an invitation from God. Like, what we consider an interruption, like, God, where are you? We're seven years into marriage. We don't have our children yet. What's going on? Or whatever it looks like for you. It's a business thing. It's a family thing. It's a whatever it looks like. It's not going the way we planned. And God interrupts that, that little pity party we have with ourselves. And it's actually, it's not an interruption. It's an invitation. He's inviting us to something else. He's inviting us to the next page of our story. And that's a story that Hannah share, and we'll share it the rest of our lives, the way God built our family. And in the moment, it's, it's crazy. It's, well, what's going on? Why is this not working out? Why is it not going this way? But now we can look back 
God was writing that story day by day, page by page, and he was inviting us into something much bigger than we ever thought we would be a part of. Uh, we, didn't, we had no clue that would be a part of our lives, but it is. So what we consider maybe an interruption is actually an invitation. I want you to ponder that for a second. And I love how the message uh, version uh, puts Matthew 4, verse 20 that we read. And it says, they didn't ask any questions, but simply dropped their nets and followed. They didn't ask any questions. They didn't ask, hey, hey Jesus, if we go with you, is this gonna work out? Uh, are we gonna get a paycheck every couple of weeks? Uh, are you gonna take care of me? Are we gonna have success? Is it really gonna work? Like you going and preaching and healing these people, is it really gonna make a difference? They didn't ask any of these questions that you and I would ask, right? We would ask these questions. We'd have a 20-page list of questions ready to go. Like, I need you to examine this before you take me anywhere, Jesus. I need you to be able to answer these questions. But they didn't. They just said, yes. What would our lives look like if we had a no, no questions asked attitude? If whenever Jesus came calling, it was yes, not I'll do this but not this, I'll talk to these people but not these people. It was just yes, a simple yes. Now isn't a yes easy? No, it's not. Saying yes to Jesus on any level is the best yes you'll ever give. But it can also be the hardest yes you'll ever give. There's no guarantee. Nowhere in this, in this does it say that Jesus told them there was gonna be a guarantee if they got off that boat and went, went, went walking with him, went preaching with him, journeyed with him over the next few years. Nowhere does it say there was gonna be a guarantee. There was no, no, no sign in the contract saying, okay, if it doesn't work out after three months, you know, you're like, like, like on probation at work. If it don't work out after three months, we're just going, we're gonna send you to the street and you can find somewhere else to work. There's no, no clauses in any contracts. There's no guarantee of anything. It was just a simple yes. And you know, the, those disciples, those initial disciples were, um, I'm sure they were scared. I'm sure they were, were worried about, you know, what's it gonna look like? Where are we gonna go? Where's he taking us? Uh, where's, where's the income gonna come from? How am I gonna support myself? How am I gonna support these people around me? They were, they were anxious, confused wondering why they were chosen. <laughs> Have we ever been there? Uh, why are you choosing me for this? I'll take the easy road. Uh, my friend over here, he's a little more cut out for that. Uh, why don't you just uh, put this kind of pressure on his life and interrupt his life this way? We question, why me? We question our ability. Like I said, these guys were fishermen, but they were gonna be going preaching to, to, to the nations. And... That's, that's, a, that's a big jump, <laughs> right? Like from the boat to the stage is a big jump. But I think regardless of all that was going on in their heads, their willingness to say yes to Jesus and to say yes to be interrupted outweighed everything. They were scared and worried, but it was still a yes. We can say yes in our worry. We can say yes in, fear, in our fear. Not every decision that we say yes to Jesus has to be this 
this, I, I feel the, you know, the, feel the, the light of the Lord laying on me and I'm ready to go. We can, we can walk in fear and still say yes to Jesus when he calls us. Nothing has to be perfect. Life doesn't have to be just how we want it. Rarely does life, rarely does life work out that way. Rarely, you know, when's the perfect time to get married? When's the perfect time to have kids? When's the perfect time to have a house? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I've done all those things and I still don't know. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't know. Just say yes. If it's God calling you, just say yes. He'll work it out. Hannah and I said yes to fostering and adoption. Had no clue about it. Didn't know anything about that type of the world. That, that culture, whatever it is. Didn't know anything about it. We said yes. Now we know a little bit more. <laughs> but we had no clue going into it. So maybe God's calling you to do something that you have no clue about. Maybe he's calling you somewhere that you know nothing about. The simple yes. Everything else will, Lord will work it out. He needs a yes. So what does saying yes look like? I came up with a few ideas. If you'd like me to share them with you. The first, first step that we can take this week, like we can take this week, is we can yield to God. We must be prepared to meet him on his terms. Right? So what are we doing to prepare ourselves for when he does call? Like we stand here in service on Sunday and we praise and we sing and we receive the word and we say, yes, God, use me. But what are we doing the rest of the days to prepare ourselves to be able to say yes if he calls? Because, well, it's not an if, it's a when, right? Like he's calling each of us. He's gonna call you at some point if he hasn't already. So what are we doing to prepare ourselves for that? Are we in this? This, uh, this is pretty decent. This is a pretty decent book, right? <laughs> and it's got some good stuff in it, good principles to live by. And um, it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll ask God, oh, I just don't know what I'm doing with my life. We'll tell God, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know where to go, what to do. And uh, the first thing we'll tell people is like, eh, have you ever looked in this? Have you ever tried reading this? Because regardless if you hear the voice of God your whole life, this is still gonna be here. You, could, you couldn't hear God audibly your whole life and still have direction for your life. And still know where to go, what to do, how to deal with people, how to treat, right? It's all in here. Everything God is gonna impart and, and, and encourage you with is in here somewhere. You just gotta go find it. Don't just, don't just, you know, don't be the guy that comes to devotion, to lead a devotion wherever you are and just opens his Bible and just picks and goes, Okay, Jesus loves you. That's a good verse, so we'll pray on that this week. Don't be, the, don't be that guy. But get into this book. Get into the Word. It's gonna tell you everything you need. Are we, are we, are we in community with people? Are we, are we gathering with people? And I, I know I see you're all here this morning. Those of you online are watching online right now. But are you gathering with believers in, a physical, in the physical presence? Like, are you getting together? Are you in a part of a small group? Like Pastor Paul's right here. He's our small groups pastor. He didn't even tell me to say this. It's not even in my notes. But like get around people that are gonna encourage you to be able to say yes to God. They're gonna help you get prepared to say yes when he calls. 
the second step we can take this week is we can expect. Like, do we even expect God to talk to us? Do we even expect him to ask us to do something? Like, we can sit here all day, but if we're not coming with any expectation, then what's the point? If we're not expecting God to move in our lives when we're sat here on a Sunday morning, why, are you, why did you even show up this morning? Why did you tune in online? And I think it's because you expect God to move. So come with an expectant heart. You know, our lives can get noisy, they can get, we can get distracted, but are we making time and space to be able to say yes when he calls you? We cannot say yes to God if we are not listening for his voice. We can't say yes to a question we can't hear. Right? Basic biology, I think, in the ears. Right? If we can't hear, if we're not ready to receive what God wants to say to us, we can't answer the question. We can't answer the call. And the third step we can take this week is we can just surrender. Are you willing to say yes to God no matter what? To give up complete control, complete surrender to God? Or is our yes dependent on what God will do with us? I'll do this, but I'm not doing that. I'll go here, but I won't go here. These people are okay, I'll talk to them, but yeah, this I don't know. We cannot fully surrender to God if it comes with conditions. We can't put a condition on what God's gonna ask us to do. He will be able to use you to the full potential he created you for. If we just say yes here and there, but no here and there too. Not fully surrender to God if we put conditions on it. So I don't, I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know where you've come in from, whether you know Jesus, whether you don't, whether you've been coming to church for 30 years. Regardless of where you're at on that spectrum, God wants to talk to you and he wants you to do something. And he wants to interrupt your life right in this moment and say, hey, I want you to go do this. It could be the smallest little thing, could be a massive life-changing moment. And then it could be anything in between. But God is calling you wherever you're at. So I want us to take a few moments to, to think about that and to spend some time with the, with the Lord, the Creator. If you wanna close your eyes, let's bow our heads. Let's spend a moment asking God, what is it that you're asking me to do? Where do you want me to go? What nets am I holding on so tightly to that even if you called, I wouldn't be able to go anywhere anyway? I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what you're holding on tightly to. I don't know what comfort it is that, that is keeping you in the place where you're at. But regardless of where you are, God is calling your name. And he's wanting to use you for his kingdom. Are you willing to be interrupted today? Are you, are you willing to have your schedule just changed a little bit? For God to be able to use you in a mighty, mighty way. Lord, I ask that you just start to show my friends what it is that they need to see from you. They, want to, they need to hear from you. whether it's their willingness to say yes, they're ready to say yes, or whether it's 
a net, something that's holding them back from being able to say yes. God, I pray that you just show them that right now, that they open their hearts toward you, they open their minds toward you, that they'll be able to receive what you have for them in its fullest. Lord, we're so grateful and thankful that you speak into our lives and we're expecting you to move in new ways in our lives over these next week as we yield and expect and surrender our lives before you. We got one more prayer that we wanna lead you in today. For some of you guys that are here, you may say, you know what, Pastor Zach, James, this is a, this is a great message, I'm encouraged by this, but if I'm being honest, I really don't have a relationship with God. I've never heard God. You know, I don't really know how to read my Bible. I don't know where to start. I don't know what, 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 what I'm supposed to be doing in worship and in, in these worship environments, what my life is supposed to look like. And, but maybe you'd say, I want to. I want to learn what that looks like. I want, to, I want to develop that relationship with God. I want to really, truly have a relationship with Jesus. And so... As we bow our head and close our eyes again, I just want to just let you know, friend, that if that is you, if, if that's you and, and that's your prayer today, then you are in a good place. I was in the same place until somebody finally met me, they loved me enough to lead me in a simple prayer. And this prayer is not magic. This prayer is not an introduction to religion or an introduction to the church itself. This is just an introduction to who Jesus is. And I'm just gonna say this prayer and I'm gonna pause at the end of each sentence. And if that is you, if you want to have a genuine relationship with God from this day moving forward, then I just wanna encourage you to say the prayer with me. And you can say it out loud, you can say it in your heart, whatever you're comfortable doing. But with all of our heads bowed and our eyes closed, the prayer goes like this, say it with me. Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you came and died and rose again so that I could have life and freedom and forgiveness of all of my sins. Jesus, I repent of all the things that I've done and I give my life to you. You can have my past, you can have my present, and you can have my future. Jesus, I submit my heart to you today. Lead me from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Now with all of our heads still bowed and our eyes still closed, if that was you and if you're in the building here today, can you just look up at me and can I see your hand? Anybody here today that prayed that prayer? Anybody today at all? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, hey, also, if you're in the building or if you're online and you said that prayer with us today, I wanna encourage you to take the next step. Number one, I wanna celebrate you and celebrate the fact that you just made the best decision that you've ever made ever, but next, I wanna challenge you to take the next step, and so what I'm gonna ask you to do is I'm gonna ask you to text, I prayed, all one word, I prayed to uh, 844-HRC-TEXT. That's 844-HRC-TEXT. We, we're just gonna send you some information to tell you what's next and what your faith journey looks like from here. And so, High Ridge Church, y'all go, go ahead and look up at me. How good was James' message today? Can we give it up for James?
Good job, man. Good job.